When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. This is VEASAN's College Football Betting Podcast. Welcome in. Another edition of the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast alongside Adam Burks at skating tripods on twitter i am at one tim murray coming to you a day late but we get to talk about the college football playoff rankings that were revealed on tuesday evening in between the champions classic in chicago duke michigan state and uh, kansas and kentucky hell of a game there in that kansas kentucky game as always uh Continue to rate, review, and subscribe. Our YouTube numbers were off the charts for the Thursday show, so thank you very much for that. Let's keep it rolling. Every Thursday episode of the VSIN College Football Betting Podcast with me and Matt Humans is on our YouTube page at VSIN Live. Uh, shout out to Matt, 18 and 9, the last three weeks here on the podcast. So uh, thank you, sir, for that. So hopefully we can keep that rolling. And hopefully, Adam, as we sit here, on November 14th, and we look at the odds board at Circa Sports, minus 125 for our guy, Bo Nix, as we both have, and hopefully many of our listeners have, a 30-1 to Heisman ticket in pocket from just three weeks ago. Yeah, good to be with you, Tim. I guess the ladies love Matt Humans. Maybe that's what uh, all the YouTube views are from for the college football podcast on Thursdays. Is it 
wrong of me to say that I was disappointed that Bo Nix only had four touchdown passes in that game. I mean, he threw for 412 yards, but only four touchdowns? Come on, Bo. Oh, only, yeah, 412 yards, but we, we could have we could have gone for, for a little bit more. more. Yeah, it would have been nice. Uh, and, you know, I want to get into a Heisman discussion uh, at, at, at length here because I, I do think, you know, JVT, Jonathan Von Tobel, and I discussed this tonight on VEASAN primetime, which was, I think the system is flawed. But once again, when we bet into this market, we recognized that the system was flawed. And I'm going to pull up a tweet here in just a second from Chris Felica regarding Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels from LSU is the best player in the country. And the Heisman Trophy is supposed to be the best player in the country. Uh, Felica's tweet was this. Jaden Daniels only leads the nation in total offense by 57 yards per game at 408.2, which is more than 80 teams average this season. He's accounted for 38 touchdowns, which is more than 81 teams have scored. I mean, what are we doing if he doesn't win the Heisman? Look, I agree with with the Bear on this point, but as Brett McMurphy said on my show Monday night, Adam and you and I were talking about it off the air, and honestly, what we discussed on the podcast when we made the decision to go bet Bo, Bo Nix, right or wrong, the Heisman Trophy has ultimately come down to the last 10 to 15 years with a couple exceptions, whether it be Devontae Smith in 2020 as a wide receiver or Lamar Jackson in 2016 or, you know, RG3 in 2011, Tim Tebow in 07. It is the quarterback with the best numbers on a playoff team. And Caleb Williams, you could argue, is an exception, but what happened last year? They were a playoff contending team heading into championship weekend and no one else on championship weekend, Max Duggan, Stetson Bennett, really was vying for the award. Bryce Young had already been eliminated. Alabama didn't play in the SEC championship. Uh, C.J. Stroud, they were eliminated uh, by Michigan. They weren't playing on championship weekend. So you look at the straw poll over at The Athletic, and it, it's telling to me, you know, only, I believe, eight first place votes for Jaden Daniels. And if Jaden Daniels right now is only getting eight first place votes on this straw poll, Adam, I just have a hard time imagining Jaden Daniels, whose numbers are tremendous playing Georgia state, Texas A&M and not, not playing in the sec championship. I think it's a flawed system, but we are a betting network and this is a betting podcast. And I don't think Jaden Daniels is going to win the Heisman trophy. No, I don't think so either. And and look, I mean, he could go out there and put up a similar game to last week against Georgia State if he wanted to, and maybe that will be a push that Brian Kelly does make there with him. But ultimately, it's not the best player in college football. It's the best player on, as you mentioned, a top-four team. And LSU is not a top-four team. And it's not Jaden Daniels' fault. I mean, the two it's games their defense's that, fault. Yeah, it's, a, it's the defense's fault. I mean, they gave up 42, 55, and 45 in the three games that they lost. And could Jaden Daniels have been better in the second half against Florida State? Sure, he could have been. But 
that doesn't take away the fact that you have 55 to Ole Miss that they lost that game to Alabama. So, you know, I mean, look, it's it is one of those things where you kind of have to handicap the not only the players and the teams, but also the way that the voters are going to go. And that's the thing. You kind of have to play that championship weekend and you've got to be on a team that has some measure of playoff prospects and LSU doesn't have that. So I think Jaden Daniels is the best player in the country this season. I think he's very, very deserving of the award, the most deserving player of anybody on the list, but his defense let him down. So, I mean, look, you have to give the respect to him, right? I mean, the the odds out there, at least at DraftKings plus 320, he is the second favorite. You got to give him respect for his numbers, and maybe some people will overlook the fact that LSU has three losses. But if Bo Nix keeps rolling and they avenge their loss to Washington, then it's his award. It's really shaping up, and obviously Marvin Harrison can can throw a wrinkle into this in this weekend. A lot of buzz because Marvin Harrison Jr. had three touchdowns against a horrific Michigan State team. Well done, sir. Um, but it's going to come down to the Michigan game for him, and how is he going to perform against Michigan? And, you know, for me, I think it, it boils down to that right now. You know, I'm using DraftKings odds. They're they're all kind of similar across the board, but he's around four, plus 475, five to one or so uh, to win the award. He's got 59 catches, 1,063 yards and 12 touchdowns. Really, really good yard uh, numbers. Malik neighbors numbers are actually better from LSU. Um, you know, what, what's interesting about Marvin Harrison, you know, and you're an Ohio State guy is I kept seeing, you know, this push on Saturday night because their game was on prime time and he was, you know, he made an incredible touchdown reception uh, against Michigan State. But I, I just, I don't understand how right now folks are voting him. And, you know, over at the straw poll on the athletic, he had nine first place votes. Uh, he was third based off of point total, uh, just one point behind Jaden Daniels and only three points behind Michael Penix. But I don't, you know, for me, and I went back and I looked up Devontae Smith. So since Desmond Howard in 91, we've only had one wide receiver win the award, and that was Devontae Smith in 2020, which was the, you know, weird COVID year. Um, Devontae Smith played 11 games that year. He had 105 receptions, 1,641 yards, 20 touchdowns. He also returned a punt for a touchdown. And in the biggest games, he shined. Against Georgia in the regular season, he had 11 catches for 167 yards and two touchdowns. In the SEC championship, he had 15 catches for 184 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, for for me, it boils down to what do you think Marvin Harrison's going to do against Michigan? Is he going to go off like he did against Penn State when it felt like the offense was Kyle McCord, just throw it to Marvin Harrison? If he does, then there's your Heisman moment, and then certainly he's got an opportunity because – He'll probably have a big game against Iowa, but you know, at as of this point, I, I don't, I don't necessarily. I understand the market, Adam. I don't really get the first place votes at this point for Marvin Harrison. He's an awesome wide receiver. He's going to be a big time pro. Maybe he's the best pro prospect playing college football right now, including Caleb Williams and Drake May. But that doesn't mean he should be a Heisman Trophy winner. If he goes out and has a buck 50 and three touchdowns against Michigan, a defense that looks like, you know, they're the best if or second best defense, however you want to classify them up against Georgia, then great. But up until this point, he had an awesome game against Penn State. 
and he did nothing against Notre Dame. I can't argue with anything that you said. And frankly, I was not very impressed with Michigan over the weekend against Penn State. Penn State is not a very good football team. And defensively, they are. Offensively, they they stink. But but Michigan, in the first half of that game, they got pushed around at the line of scrimmage. I was very, very unimpressed. And maybe it was just because they had to flip the switch and actually play you know, a somewhat legitimate team for the first time all season long, but I was very unimpressed with Michigan. By the way, what was it three weeks ago when we were talking about J.J. McCarthy as the Heisman favorite at DraftKings? They had three three weeks ago, we talked about the straw poll. I had a screenshot of it. Two people at The Athletic who covered this sport voted J.J. McCarthy for uh, for Heisman. I don't even, I don't know how that's humanly possible. I kind of get the betting market because they were the number one team in the country or number two team in the country, and they were protecting themselves. He did not throw a pass in the second half against Penn State. And rightfully so, his odds have dropped and cratered, and he's now, you know, 100 to one at DraftKings. But yeah, it's, it's comical to think that J.J. McCarthy was either the betting favorite or the second favorite less than a month ago in the Heisman market. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And look, I mean, to the Harrison point, like you said, if, if he goes off against Michigan, because the way that things kind of look for Ohio State right now, I mean, you know, obviously both teams are going to be very much engaged, but Ohio State, knowing what's going on with Michigan, you know, I'm sure that based on the last two years, there's going to have a little extra juice for them. But Marvin Harrison has to be the best player on the field for Ohio State to win that game. So if he is, that's great. Kudos to him. That's awesome. I still don't think it'd be Heisman worthy, but we'll see. I mean, we'll see what the voters decide to do. I mean, I to me, I, I think that, you know, as we kind of look through this market, I think something else is when you look at Bo Nix, and this is true of Michael Penix, too. They were bad at their previous spots. I mean, Penix was okay when Kalen DeBoer was his offensive coordinator at Indiana, but then, you know, had the ACL, things, you know, kind of bottomed out for him. He was reborn in Washington. But Bo Nix was not good at Auburn. He was not good at all. So you also have to think about the fact that the people who do cover this sport want a story to tell. And I think telling the story of Bo Nix going from Auburn to Oregon with, you know, a guy in Dan Lanning who seems to have really kind of resurrected, you know, Bo Nix's career there along with the offensive coordinator and a new offensive coordinator this year too, right? Because their offensive coordinator um, went somewhere else. Like, it escapes me now where he went. Arizona State maybe? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, Dillingham, right? Yep, Dillingham's the head coach yeah. of Arizona State. Yeah, so like Nix is a new offensive coordinator this year and all of that. I mean, there's a really, really good story to tell here. And I think that's something that also comes into play when you talk about these things that are voted on by human beings. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, and his numbers and I, I, you know, I, I saw it a little bit on social media and look, I'm defensive because of our ticket and where we stand with Bo Nix. And I think a lot of our listeners have a similar stance, but you know, Bo Nix is, I feel like getting knocked a little bit for the system that he's in. And I, I don't know. I mean, Marcus Mariota was in a, a pretty quarterback friendly system. And he won the Heisman trophy. Fact of the matter is Bo Nix has 29 touchdowns and two interceptions. And in the game that they lost 
against Washington. He went for 33 of 44, no picks, 337 yards. And, you know, we just saw Michael Penix and Washington. The score may be a, a bit misleading and it was on bad beats, but they beat Utah 35 to 28 at home. They went to Salt Lake City and beat them by 29. So, I mean, this Oregon team right now is rolling, and Bo Nix is is a big reason for it. I mean, they've got great weapons. He just has he hasn't had a poor game. I mean, you look at you know him on the road at Texas Tech, a game where Texas Tech had the ball to potentially win the game, and he went 32 of 44, 359 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. I mean, he's thrown two interceptions this year, and the two interceptions, Adam, came in a 36-point win against Colorado and a 44-point win against Cal. So his picks this year have not come in in bad spots whatsoever. Could they come at some point down the road? Yeah, certainly it's possible. But, I mean, Bo Nix is, is very much deserving of the discussion and, and being there. He's completing 78% of his passes. But Michael Penix, look, Michael Penix has been really, really good. And I think ultimately what this is kind of playing out is un- unless Marvin Harrison and Ohio State as six-point underdogs beat Michigan, it truly feels like Friday night, early December here in Las Vegas, it's going to be a Heisman off. It's going to be a playoff berth. There's going to be a lot on the line at Allegiant Stadium when Oregon plays Washington. Yeah, that's what it seems like. By the way, is is that the look ahead number for Michigan Ohio State six? I think I saw six at some spots. Yeah, that's, that's too high. I have it four. Um, but look, I, let's just talk about this for a second here, not to to go way off on a tangent or anything like that. But so Michael Penix is the third favorite at DraftKings to win the Heisman. They are an undefeated team, and they're getting points this week at Oregon State. Yep. So. Curious to see if the line is telling us a story there and if Oregon State will win that game. But uh, that kind of struck me a little bit, you know, on Sunday as the lines were opening up that I mean, that's not not what I have. I have Washington minus four and a half personally. Um, but, you know, maybe I just don't really believe in Oregon State. I, to me, I think Oregon State's been more inconsistent than their record would suggest. Uh, but that that caught me off guard to see that line and you know, to kind of see it swing that way mostly. I mean, the betting market kind of put it there. It wasn't open there. Yeah, no, I, and I think, you know, a lot has to do with Corvallis. Uh, they are 10-1 and one ATS as a, as a favorite at home uh, since 2021. They've only lost one game at home since 2021, and that was against USC last year when, you know, USC really gave Oregon State every opportunity to beat them, uh, which was a better USC team last year than they are this year. So, it's going to be a really ch- big challenge uh, for this Washington team to go up to Oregon State. Oregon State secondary, as we learned, you know, from the Washington State game, can be had a little bit, uh, and we even learned against Cal, uh, they can be scored on. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a fascinating game. Um, you know, Oregon State really put it on Stanford, which, you know, say what you will, but uh, I thought that was a pretty impressive performance from the from the Beavs. So, uh, I will not be betting this game because. I have Oregon State over eight wins, and that was my biggest and first uh, win total bet of the offseason. So uh, I think it all hinges on this weekend because I don't think Oregon State's going to go and beat Oregon in Eugene uh, the following week. So uh, I guess lastly on the Heisman front, 
where we stand right now, the 30 to one ticket on Bo Nix, you know, there are two way markets out there, you know, Circa offers two way markets. Would you look at, uh, as of right now, no minus one Oh five, or do you think folks should roll with the 30 to one? I'll say this, this weekend, Oregon plays Arizona state. They're 23 and a half point favorite. Michael Penix in Washington plays Oregon state. As we alluded to Jaden Daniels plays Georgia state and, uh, Ohio state is, uh, who does Ohio Min- state, Minnesota, is? Minnesota. I don't think really uh, Michael Penix could, could remerge as like a co-favorite, uh, with a, with a primetime win. But like you said, the market's kind of telling us a little bit of a story there. So it depends on what you believe will happen. Um, but I, I'm not, I'm not buying off of it yet. Maybe there'll come a point in time, maybe before, you know, Ohio State, Michigan, if you believe Mar- uh, Marvin Harrison and Ohio State could go in there and win that game outright, because I think that would really change the market, because then that would allow Ohio State to play in the Big Ten Championship. But I don't think this weekend, personally, Adam, because I don't see Arizona State beating Oregon, uh, I don't think this is the weekend to 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 play off of our position. That's just me personally. No, I don't think so either. I mean, we've gained so much equity with that position, as you mentioned, having a 30 to one that I I really don't want to cut into it. I really don't want to give any of it away unless I felt like there was a situation where I absolutely had to. And look, I mean, is Marvin Harrison going to play the second half against Minnesota? I know that Ohio State starts really slow, and that's definitely been an issue for them under Ryan Day. But the last thing you want to do is get that dude hurt as a four touchdown favorite against Minnesota going into a double revenge spot against Michigan. So I don't know how much Harrison actually really gets targeted in that game. I think that's one of those games where Day will really rely on the running game. He'll use Travion Henderson until he feels like he can use, you know, um, Chip Trainum. Maybe Dallin Hayden actually gets to play this week, which would be a nice breath of fresh air. But I don't think that you're in a position for Harrison to really put up huge numbers. I mean, if he pulls, you know, a Michigan State game like last week, that's all well and good, but I don't know that he's going to. So I don't know if he really puts up big numbers here in this spot. Truth be told, the one that worries me is Jaden Daniels, because if he accounts for 600 total yards or something absurd against Georgia State, the that discussion really has to be had of like, look, this dude's putting up not historic numbers, but absurd numbers where the losses aren't his fault. That's the one that scares me, I think, more so than Penix would be if Jaden Daniels just puts up some sort of insane stat line this week. Yeah, I, I do think there's some validity to that where there there is going to be a discussion. I alluded to Brett McMurphy, who is a Heisman voter, uh, you know, talking about it on I heard him talk about it on his podcast and, and on Beeson, you know, where he was basically saying, you know, right now, Jaden Daniels would be the Heisman winner, would be my vote. Um, you got to think about how many people vote for this award, um, how many people are kind of old school and, uh, you know, might just be as, as let's be honest, you know, might just be really keyed in on championship weekend. And that might be where their decision comes. So I think there's going to be a strong push for Jaden Daniels, especially if he continues to rack up these video game like numbers in the final two games of the season. And, and honestly, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't fault folks for thinking that way. Um, but it's, it's not like Bo Nix and Michael Penix are, are some bums, right. That you were, you know, just giving them the award. Their numbers are ridiculous as well. Uh, but no, I think Jaden Daniels, as I started it and I'll finish it with is, I think he's the best player in the country. He should win this award, but as a better, I don't think you should bet on him personally. I, I just, 
maybe if you get a rogue, I don't know, six to one out there. Um, but I just think, unfortunately for him, the way the system is is done, I just don't think there's that he's going to win it. He should. Um, and maybe there's enough people out there, Adam, that will continue to say what we're saying. Guy should win the award. He's the best player in the country. But I, I just, I'll believe it when I see it, I guess. Yeah, I think it's the best way to sum it up. I mean, you know, look. History has told us. I mean, Lamar Jackson, you got to remember, Lamar Jackson and Louisville, they were 9-1, and one, and then down the stretch, they lost to Houston and Kentucky in their final two games. And he had, I think it was a late September game against Florida State where they beat, you know, the Seminoles by like 40-some-odd points. And it was like, oh, whoa, what, what's happening here? And then he had that big game against Clemson. They lost, but it was a, a crazy game against Clemson on the road. Uh, his numbers were just so out of this world, and you know, I think I think it was Deshaun Watson that was the runner-up that year. So, yeah, I mean, it's just there have been rare circumstances, but yeah, I just I, I think it's going to be hard to overcome Penix or Knicks, considering one of those teams is more than likely going to the playoff, and and both of those quarterbacks' numbers are are through the roof. Yeah, well, keep in mind too. I mean. Lamar Jackson accounted for over 5,000 total yards that season that he won the Heisman, the 2016 season, 35-43 passing, 1571 rushing. So, I mean, that was something that to that point in college football we really hadn't seen. You know, Daniel's obviously putting up phenomenal numbers, but, you know, I don't think he's going to reach 5,000 total yards like Lamar did. And I I want to – how many – Tebow had like a 40 touchdowns in 2000. Like he had something – record-setting touchdowns in 2007. He rushed for 23, threw for... He had, he accounted for 55 touchdowns in 2007. So, yes, that was a three-loss team, but uh, he he accounted for... I guess he accounted for four in the bowl game. So, that was 29, 22. He had 49 touchdowns. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's pretty ridiculous uh, for Tim Tebow. Um, uh, the rankings are out. Uh, we do have a new number one. Georgia is number one. Uh, Missouri jumps up to number nine. Uh, so they are pretty much a lock, barring a upset at the hands of Florida or Arkansas, to go to a New Year's Six, which is a hell of a performance by Kellen Moore. All right, not Kellen Moore. Uh, by Eli Drinkowitz uh, to get this team to uh, to a New Year's Six Bowl. Their two losses are going to be to LSU and Georgia. So uh, really, really impressive performance. Uh, it was funny. I was telling you uh, off the air, my five bets on this podcast were all rocking chairs one way or the other. It was either a rocking chair cover, UCF, San Jose State, Virginia Tech, or a rocking chair loser, Wake Forest in Tennessee. That Tennessee game was a straight up ass whooping, and they didn't even need Luther Burden. Cody Schrader was unbelievable in that game yeah I mean you know and, and look you know Brady Cook is has emerged as a pretty strong quarterback and early in the season had a little bit of a knee issue kind of got past that and you know since then he's been really really good and he didn't even have to be that great uh, in that game against Tennessee because as you mentioned Schrader just went off look it's nice when you've got multiple guys to rely on you know and I think that's something that's really helped Ohio State here recently is you know Travion Henderson coming back from injury and playing so well 
you don't just have to hope that Marvin Harrison catches 15 balls for you. You can actually run the football a little bit. That was something that definitely benefited Missouri in that game. And, you know, I think they should take care of business here against Florida and Arkansas, as you mentioned. So, you know, Missouri is going to be a team 10 win team, which is super impressive for them. And you just wonder, you know, if they're going to be able to sustain that going forward and, and possibly be, you know, a challenger for Georgia because somebody's got to be at some point. Yeah. And you do wonder Kirby Moore. I said, Kellen Moore, Kirby Moore, the first year OC who comes hunting for him, right? Is, are they going to be ho- able to hold off the big boys? Uh, I know there's a team in uh, Northwest Indiana that I would certainly enjoy uh, maybe to peek around and see if Kirby Moore would be interested to come and be their offensive coordinator. So uh, really good story. They're going to be in a new year six. Uh, hopefully, you know, we'll see who they play, whether it be the G five team um, who, who, by the way, that's another story in its own right. Obviously we've talked a ton about James Madison. Um, you know, I think they find out from the NCAA later this week uh, if, if they're, uh, you know, appeal, their second appeal will be granted, which I highly doubt, but uh, here's to, here's to hoping, but man, no one, no one seems to want to grab the G5 bid this year. Liberty schedules such garbage that it's hard to believe they'll get it. Toledo has, you know, they won tonight against Bowling Green. So they're 10 and one, but they're a max school. I mean, I guess it comes down to the AAC if SMU or Tulane win the conference. But if UTSA wins the conference, they've got three losses. Then does it go to the Mountain West, which could be Air Force or UNLV? It's a real jumble mess when it comes to the G5 uh, you know, representative. Tulane is ranked, but uh, they have not looked the part these last three weeks. We all know the answer, Tim. We know which team it should be. It's James Madison. Yeah, team hosting college game day, and and the NCAA, you know, I mean, when when do we ever expect them to do the right thing? So, I assume that James Madison's appeal will get denied, and you know, no one over there at the NCAA will lose sleep about it while the rest of us bitch and moan. But that's the best group of five team in the country, and honestly, I'd love to see him go up against a big boy. And if they get smoked, so be it. But I would love to see them get that chance. I agree. Um, but yeah, other than a flip for Georgia and Ohio State, one, two, uh, nothing really notable, in my opinion, especially for it comes to, the, you know, power ratings uh, or excuse me, to the uh, to the odds market. I guess if you do want to note, um, they magically kept a bunch of Big 12 teams in the top 25 Kansas, despite their loss to Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, despite their ass whooping by uh, UCF all stayed in the top 25, so that is helpful for Texas as they stay ahead of Alabama for now. All right, let's take a quick break. A lot of situational spots uh, and some bowl eligibility. We'll throw through a, a couple games or a bunch of games this weekend. On the other side is the VSIN College Football Betting Podcast. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Sports betting innovative analytics has taken the guesswork and emotion out of sports betting to bring you an innovative and trustworthy resource to enhance your journey to becoming a winning player. With industry-leading money-back guarantee options backed by their sophisticated modeling, they want to introduce you to a system that's not widely seen or available to help you beat the bookmaker. Specializing in NBA, college basketball, and WNBA, your first week is always free. Get started at SBIA1.com today. All right, we're back. VSIN College Football Betting Podcast. Adam Burke, Tim Murray. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, Adam, a lot of situational spots uh, to run through here, uh, and it's going to be hard to, to hit on all of them. Um, I guess I'll start. We kind of ping pong back and forth. Uh, I noted a couple. Uh, you know, Northwestern is five and five magically. They have a chance to get to a bowl eligibility. They host Purdue. Uh, market's against them. Market keeps moving up. It is now out to three. They open the favorite, and the market has pushed us out to Purdue minus three. So certainly doesn't feel like the market thinks they're going to get the bowl eligibility. But that was a team that I had circled. Um, Utah State, I think this is an interesting spot. Brad Powers on v Prime primetime tonight. 
uh, gave out Utah State as one of his favorite plays. The Aggies are five and five. Uh, they play Boise State at home. They're catching three with a win. Utah State gets the bowl eligibility. Boise State also will get the bowl eligibility, but they just fired their head coach, Andy Avalos. So kind of a, a unique spot there. Nebraska, Wisconsin, both teams five and five. Uh, Nebraska is, uh, I think, catching five, seeing a little bit of movement towards the corn in that one uh, against Wisconsin. And uh, Texas Tech, uh, they are five and five. Uh, I like this spot a lot for Texas Tech, playing UCF, coming off of their big win. Uh, Texas Tech closes out the season against Texas. So I think Sonny Dykes would love to get the bowl eligibility year two. It's been a bit of a disappointment of a year, but for the Red Raiders who just beat Kansas to get the bowl eligibility with a win at home against UCF coming off of that massive win against UCF. I think that's a pretty good spot uh, to pe- potentially uh, bet Texas tech. Yeah. Texas tech, uh, Joey McGuire, the head coach, Joey there. McGuire, not Sonny Dykes at, uh, which, you know, DCU. something else that that's really important to talk about here is, you know, Joey McGuire was brought in not really because he had, you know, any sort of level of experience as a head coach or anything like that, but he is widely regarded as an elite recruiter in the state of Texas. And with what you have going on with, you know, Texas moving over to the SEC, there's going to be some kids that are just not SEC caliber, but they're going to be, you know, solid in the new look Big 12. And those bowl games, those things are important. You know, when you're a program like Texas Tech and being able to kind of have that singular showcase game, those things are really, really important from a recruiting standpoint. So I do think that this is a big spot here for the Red Raiders in Lubbock, where, as you mentioned, I mean, they'd have an uphill climb against Texas in the final game. So, yeah, you would really want to secure things here this week. With that being said, you know, if you do make your own numbers or if you're kind of looking at the board and you're like, man, this number just feels kind of high, keep in mind, you know, there will be kind of these premiums paid on these five and five teams. But the reason why they're fighting for bowl eligibility in weeks 12 and 13 is because they're not very good. (laughs) So make sure that you don't, you know, take – a team that's at a bad number or put too much stock in a team just because they're fighting for bowl eligibility. The reason why they're fighting to get to six wins to be, you know, basically a 500 team is because they're a 500 team. So just make sure that you're not, you know, overvaluing some of those spots and some of those teams here over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. I'll give you an example. BYU. Uh, They were vying for bowl eligibility last week. They got absolutely hammered by Iowa State, and they're not going to get bowl eligible despite their five wins because they have Oklahoma and Oklahoma State next. Um, Virginia Tech, a team that I backed last week, they are home against NC State. You talk about paying a premium. I would say this is a pretty big premium spot. They're laying two and a half against NC State here at home. Uh, I would imagine most people's power ratings do not have Virginia Tech as a favorite against NC State. Um, Georgia Tech, they are bowl eligible uh, if they get a win against Syracuse. They play Georgia in the final week. I'm going to go ahead and say they're not going to win that game. So, Oh, that's ballsy. Yeah. Uh, I would say that uh, the rambling wreck uh, in year one of uh, Brent Pry, if they want to get to bowl eligibility, uh, they're going to have to beat Syracuse. So I don't know if you want to lay six and a half, but I think that's a pretty good spot to back Georgia Tech because, uh, yeah, they ain't beating Georgia. No, I actually – I do really like Georgia Tech here this week. Also, so Syracuse, that was weird last week. They, uh, they won had a like football a, game. Well, yeah, not only that, but they had a guy 
He was a backup quarterback somewhere. I can't remember where now. Winds up moving over to tight end when he gets to Syracuse. And then because of the Garrett Schrader injury and because Del Rio Wilson was so bad that they just wind up using him at quarterback in the Wildcat. And apparently they put this in like Tuesday or Wednesday. I was reading in the recap of that game. And the players are kind of like, what the hell are we doing? And then a dude ran for like 154 yards or something like that. He's 6'4", 235. So I don't know. I, I give Dino Babers credit for, you know, kind of trying something different. But now it's also on film. So uh, that is one of those games, you know, both teams five and five. Both teams, you would think, want to win. Uh, but I, I think Georgia Tech, Haynes King is playing really well for them. That was a nice, uh, nice pickup that Brent Key had down there. So we'll see. Syracuse does. If if Syracuse does want to get to a bowl, which I had had my doubts uh, after I watched whatever that was two Fridays ago when they played Boston College, granted without their starting quarterback. Um, but, you know, beating Pitt, Pitt's horrendous, but, uh, you know, beating Pitt at, at Yankee Stadium, I think there was some steam on Pitt, if I remember correctly, uh, in that one. So, yeah, another, uh, I'm trying to think. You know what I was thinking about today? Yeah. That Pitt win over Louisville, that makes absolutely no effing sense. Like, it didn't at the time to me. I know you were on Pitt in that game, and kudos to you for that. But, like, I still think about that game probably, like, twice a week of, like, how, how the hell did Louisville let that happen? Well, I mean, it's a great point because they have, what, one loss this year, uh, yeah. Louisville does. And, you know, I watched that whole game, and the first half I was sitting there saying, uh, this is this is her- terrible. Like, there's no way Pitt's going to win this game or cover this game. And then the second half, it was just a turnover fest. It was in the rain, and, uh, yeah, and they fell apart. Um, how do you think Penn State responds this week? So – there's part of me that's thinking Penn State's a bully, right? They are the Dallas Cowboys of college football. When they get an opportunity to beat the shit out of someone, they will take that opportunity. But then I think back to how did they perform the week after losing to Ohio State? They were life and death with Indiana. And Rutgers is better than Indiana. Rutgers catching 20 and a half. Now look. Rutgers just got shut out by Iowa. Um, but man, if Rutgers, Rutgers is going to be fired up for this opportunity, where's Penn State's head at this week after everything that they had been building for this year is gone? There is no shot at making the playoff. There's no shot at winning the conference. They just fired their OC. Like, where is Penn State at from a, a mindset heading into Saturday afternoon? taking on Rutgers noon start. It will <laughs> be nothing like it was the previous Saturday at noon. I'm just really curious to see where the mindset of, of the Nittany Lions is on Saturday. Yeah. I, I like Rutgers in this spot. I mean, I also think that, you know, Mike Hirtich probably had a lot to do with Drew Aller coming to Penn state. And I mean, it hasn't worked out with Drew Aller. He is not really looked very good. To your point, I mean, they are, you know, a bully. They are a team that does win, you know, when they're supposed to and usually looks pretty good in the process. But, I mean, I just – I can't imagine that this team is fired up. I can't imagine there will be any atmosphere whatsoever in Happy Valley. It's an early kickoff. 
you know, once again, they lose to Ohio State and Michigan and really don't look competitive against either one of those teams. Like I said, I wasn't impressed with Michigan in the first half, but in the second half, I mean, Michigan just leaned on them until Penn State finally fell over. So I just, I it'd be Rutgers or nothing for me in this game. And honestly, a three touchdown head start in a game with a low total, I mean, the, the spread is half the total in this game. I, I, I get it. I understand it. I mean, my line on this game is, you know, kind of in that range anyway. So, you know, from a power rating standpoint, I'm at 18 and a half. So I guess I'm a little bit lower than the market. I I think Rutgers is worth the play. I I really don't think Penn State shows up. This isn't the kind of year where they're going to back their way into the Rose Bowl or anything like that. So, yeah, I think Rutgers is the play there. Yeah, and look, Rutgers was up at the half against Ohio State. Um, I think Ohio State ultimately did cover that game, if I remember correctly, 36. The Ryan Day special. Yeah, the 36-17 performance there. So um, there's a bunch of other situational spots. Like, I don't don't know, I haven't really bet the Sun Belt this, this year. So Arkansas State could get the bowl eligibility against Texas State, maybe. Um, You know, that that's a team that, has far exceeded expectations. They're catching four at home, but I, I just I haven't watched enough of Arkansas State to know whether or not you know that's a play uh, in a spot there. Uh, San Jose State fourteen and a half against San Diego State. Brady Hoke is retiring. Um, you know we you and I were talking off air about this. Tell you what, San Jose State uh, they look great against Fresno, and they get the bowl eligibility with this game and uh, they really need this game because they wrap up the regular season at UNLV which uh, certainly looks much more challenging than anticipated so I would expect San Jose State's going to take care of business there would I lay the 14 and a half probably not Um, but another game that I just want to get your thoughts on is SMU Memphis so we mentioned the American Athletic Conference being kind of a fascinating conference so for those who are unaware, Tulane, SMU, UTSA, all 6-0. and There is a conference championship game. It is at the highest seed. Tulane has beaten Memphis head-to-head. Tulane closes out the year playing UTSA. So Memphis plays SMU on Saturday. They're catching 7.5-8 at home. If Memphis wins that game and Tulane beats UTSA, Memphis gets the tiebreaker, and they would go to the AAC championship game. So there's a lot on the line Saturday at the Liberty Bowl. And I'm really tempted to play Memphis here. Uh, I know they've been kind of playing with their food and needed overtime to beat a pretty bad Charlotte team at them. But they can score some points, man. And uh, they only lost by a touchdown to to Missouri. I think this Memphis team is is an interesting spot here against SMU on Saturday at home. Well, it will be very interesting. Memphis is 107th in the country in yards per play allowed, 6.07. SMU is 7th in the nation in yards per play on defense, 4.39, tied with UCLA, who, sidebar, I completely overrated in the middle of the season because of how good that defense was, not really realizing how poor the offense was. But SMU just fell out of the top 25 in yards per play uh, here this past week. So this is a team that's, I mean, from a yards per play differential standpoint, which is a pretty big you know, statistic for a lot of the sharper betters that are out there. And I do think that is a stat that has some measure of market influence as well. I think it's a big part of figuring out 
you know, power ratings and where opening numbers should be. SMU statistically is really, really impressive. At the same time, they have not played a good schedule at all whatsoever. I mean, this is a team that just 121st per Sagarin. Yeah, that's what I was looking it up as I was talking here. I mean, that's not great when you really don't play anybody. And Memphis is tough, man. I, I haven't had a good feeling on Memphis all season long because I don't think that Ryan Silverfield is a very good head coach. I thought he was very much on the hot seat as we were kind of watching the season play out. But they've righted the ship, and they've really figured it out. They've scored at least 44 points in each of their last four games. So should be a fun game. Stormbound and Tony will be on the sidelines uh, doing that game for ESPN. So definitely uh, you know, another reason to keep an eye on that one. But you know, what a game that is. And, and with that mix of four teams there, as you mentioned, I mean, the group of five bid probably comes from the AAC. So a lot of watchful eyes on that conference here over the next couple of weeks. I think it does if it's SMU or Tulane. UTSA has got three losses. So, you know, they can say that Frank Harris wasn't healthy and they've gotten, you know, things rolling here. But, yeah, it's going to get really interesting uh, who gets the G5 bid. If Tulane wins out, obviously they get it. Um, But, yeah, we will see. SMU seems to be getting hot at the right time. Do they win on Saturday? Um, TBD there as they're laying north of a touchdown. Uh, anything else you want to hit on uh, situationally before we uh, bid farewell? Yeah, I got a few here. Um, whoever scheduled this game for Coastal Carolina should have been fired already. But Coastal Carolina is on the road this week at West Point against Army. So early kickoff here. They're heading up to New York for this one. Coastal's four, four and a half point favorite. Haven't seen anything about Grayson McCall. I don't know if he's going to play again this season. Um, but Coastal hosts James Madison next week on the teal turf. So I don't know whose bright idea it was to go play an option team here this week, but that's a pretty miserable spot for Coastal. Uh, go ahead and pat us on the back, though. We mentioned Army and Holy Cross last week on the show. Yeah, we did. Um, Three-point game. Army barely escaped in that one there against Holy Cross. Uh, Hawaii and Wyoming, I think, is pretty interesting. You know, obviously, it's always going to be interesting when you take a team at sea level and take them up to Laramie, and you know, it's going to be an early kickoff for the boys from Honolulu. At least the weather is going to be decent. That's a really bad spot for Hawaii. Yeah, and, it is. And, you know, it's an 11, I think it's a, a noon mountain time start. Yep, so 9 a.m. Hawaii time. 9 a.m. Hawaii time. And they just beat Air Force in, in what had been one of the biggest wins they've had. It's definitely the biggest win in the Timmy Chang era. And now you've got to go to Wyoming against a Wyoming team that's got a rest advantage who played on Friday night. And they're going to be pissed off because they got smoked by UNLV. I think that's but, a really, really tricky spot for Hawaii. But who wants to lay 13 and a half with Wyoming? I mean, they're so off. They can't challenged. score. Yeah, they can't score. And they have been for a long time, too. But I thought that was a game that was was pretty interesting um, on a more somber note and there are things that are much, much bigger than football, to be sure. But I think, you know, Duke and Virginia is is kind of an interesting game here. I mean, you know, who knows who's going to play quarterback for Duke in this one. But for Virginia, um, last week, the, the Paris Jones thing, terrifying. Mm-hmm. You know, we just saw that he had the spinal surgery. I uh, haven't seen any update, you know, since then. So hopefully everything's going okay with his recovery. But the the sick thing, the, the cruel twist of fate here in all of this is, 
Paris Jones is actually the roommate of Mike Hollins, who was one of the four Virginia players shot basically a year ago. It was November 13th last year. Hollins survived. He's on the roster here this season. I think he's got three or four rushing touchdowns, but they will be honoring those three players again in Charlottesville here this week. So very, very emotional yet again for the Cavaliers. I mean, this program has just been been through hell over the last you know more than 12 months now. Uh, but that's that's an interesting one there where, you know, I you could say that, you know, they're going to come out very strong in, in memory of of their fallen teammates. You could also say, what could their mindset possibly be here in this game? So I think that's like the ultimate stay away game um, from, you know, from a situational spot standpoint. But there is one other one in the AAC to, to lighten it a little bit here. Louisville and Miami. So we kind of talked about AAC, <laughs> ACC, whatever the hell it is. AAC is on the brain here, I guess. Um, Louisville and, and Miami here. So Miami put basically everything into that game last week against Florida State. You know, chance to ruin Florida State's perfect season, probably in their college football playoff hope, definitely in their college football playoff hopes. So they lose, and they also lose their quarterback in the process, Emory Williams. So now they go back to Tyler Van Dyke. They've already won six games here. Yeah, you've got a borderline top 10 team in Louisville coming to town, but I don't know how invested Miami is actually going to be, and Louisville can secure their spot against Florida State in the ACC championship game with a win. So I think that's a pretty decent spot for Louisville despite having to go on the road. Yeah, no, I, I hear you on that one. Um, yeah, Louisville... I have my doubts on Louisville um, a lot, but hey, at least they're better than the basketball team. <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, ultimately, they're going to be in the Orange Bowl and uh, they're going to be in the ACC championship. So a hell of a first year for Jeff Brom for uh, for the Cardinals, a team that, by the way, I mean, anywhere you looked, you know, whether it was this podcast feed or anyone out there I know in our, our betting guide, I mean, Louisville over was, was the layup of the entire college football season. Their schedule was incredibly soft and it made out so perfectly. And, and Jeff Brom's a good coach and they were able to get easily over, you know, they could open seven, got to eight. Even the eight was, uh, has been cashed. Yeah. A few other quick thoughts here, just to run through the weeknight games super quickly. Uh, Miami of Ohio can lock up a spot against Toledo in the Mac title game. If they win on Wednesday night, by the way, I saw the Mac title game. Isn't on Friday night this year. Uh, it's actually it, on Saturday. It was on Saturday last year too. Was I it? believe. Yeah. I think stormy so, so actually the, did the game last year. So the conference that puts itself on Tuesday night, isn't smart enough to realize that they should put their conference championship game on Friday every or even Thursday every single year. So that's it a is, damn shame. Uh, it is a noon kick on ESPN on December 2nd. Well, at least it's on ESPN. But uh, anyway, Miami of Ohio can lock up their spot. They're an eight and a half point favorite against Buffalo. Uh, they should certainly uh, Ohio and central Michigan. Not really much to say about that. I mean, Ohio is already bowl eligible. Central Michigan needs a win to be bowl eligible. Um, Ohio's you know double digit favorite good defense offense has been very shoddy I really wanted to talk about this Thursday night game here though because why is the line move to three I have no idea I was wondering if maybe Thomas Castellanos was hurt or something like that because he didn't finish the game last week but that was just because they were getting their asses kicked by Virginia Tech so un unless maybe he is hurt and we just don't know it because 
you know, college football injury information is super easy to find. But <laughs> that's one I wrote up that game today because I've been writing up all the weeknight games uh, over at vcin.com. And there was no way I could look at that game and say that Pitt should be a three-point favorite. Like, all the stats, all the everything, like, there's nothing that points to that. And then I went and looked at my power ratings, and I had Pitt minus four. And I was like, oh, okay, sure. So the ACC, I mean, the middle of that conference is terrible, but that's one where there's going to be a lot of people on Boston College, I think, you know, before that game kicks off on Thursday. The last one, and I think I'll probably have it on Thursday. I haven't really, the only bet I've made was Utah State three and a half because I saw there was one shop in town that had three and a half and the rest of the market was at three. And I really did like the spot. And then uh, Brad kind of hammered it home. I think my hold my nose spot of the week is going to be Stanford plus seven at home against Cal. I, I just, I like this Stanford team a little bit. They just got bludgeoned. Uh, Cal on the other hand, uh, you know, had a crazy game against Washington state, basically eliminated Washington state from a bowl because Washington state now needs to win out when they've lost six straight. How about the drop of Washington state four and oh, 13th in the AP poll to four and six and then you beat Colorado and Washington. Good luck to get to a bowl. So certainly looks like Washington State will not be bowling. But I I think I might find a way to back uh, back the Cardinal here. Haven't done it yet, but uh, thinking long and hard about Troy Taylor's squad uh, in a rivalry game there at home. So uh, that might be your hold your nose special of the week for me. Yeah, I don't know if I have one as of yet. Um Man, like, is this the week that Western Kentucky actually shows up with Sam Houston coming off its first FBS win? Five and five, need to get to bowl eligibility. Yeah, that's that's what I'm kind of looking at, where that's an uncomfortable favorite, but one that kind of makes sense. Also, I might just take New Mexico State plus the 24. I, I don't think Auburn's any good. I can't believe that Auburn is knocking on the door of bowl, bowl eligibility. Like, I, I cannot believe they're actually, they're actually there. They've won six yeah, games. I don't there. know how. I, I have no idea how um, New Mexico state already in the conference USA championship game with Liberty. So that'll be a barn burner there, but what a uh, Jerry kill, man. What a good Jerry coach. kill. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like I know their strength of schedule is pathetic and I know that it looks like a mismatch against an sec team, but I don't think Auburn's good enough to run and hide really from anybody. Yeah, no, I would, uh, I would agree with that. So, I guess they did it to Arkansas last week, but I, that's another one. Like FIU plus 30 or whatever might be the hold your nose play of the week because Arkansas seems to have completely quit at at this point in time, and Pittman's getting canned. They had the one game under Guyton. They they, they played for him. They beat Florida in overtime, and uh, it's over, you know. And 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 another team, too, and uh, is UC, what's UCLA doing? Are they done? They lost to Arizona State this weekend. Maybe they get up for this USC game. It feels like Chip Kelly. I'll make a prediction here. November 14th on the on the college football betting podcast. Jonathan Smith will be the head coach of UCLA next Ooh. year. I was going to ask you if if the Beavers win one of these two, or, or God forbid both of them since we have the Bo Nix ticket, like that's Jonathan Smith's dream job, right? Like is he – does he move on from there? And in fact, he just had a raise kick in this year too. He makes almost $5 million a year to coach Oregon state. I mean, it's his alma mater. Maybe that's holding him there for a little bit, but 
how do you not go to UCLA? Because remember, UCLA, unlike Washington and Oregon, is getting the full boat uh, membership in the Big Ten. Yeah. I mean, how do you not go? With everything that's going on, I know there was some weirdness today with a judge and all this weird stuff, but like, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, like they, they're, you- they're just, they're a nomad. Like, you, you, you've done all you can do. You're going to have a hell of a final year. You're going to go minimum eight and four and go to a decent bowl, maybe nine and three, and you're going to upset Washington at home. And then, I don't know, man. It's, to me, it's, it's like, uh, I know we're, going into your realm here, but you know, I do a radio show in Milwaukee and I'm like, Craig council got offered two and a half million dollars annually more. You got to take the job. You got to go to the Cubs. I'm sorry. And that's kind of like, if UCLA came open, you got to take it. If they come, if they come calling. Yeah, I agree. Cause I mean, what you're, are you coaching Oregon state in the mountain West or something next year? Right. Or the, like the two man conference, are they going to go independent? No, they're not going to do that. So, right. It, yeah, just... I, and I I will be honest with you. I I didn't really think too much about it, but they really have to look at firing Chip Kelly, right? Like it's just it's not working here. I thought it was middle of the season, you know, with the Dante Moore experience and the defense, but no, it's falling apart. And uh, I think I think it's over. Uh, yeah, I think so too. And and again, that's something for you to keep in mind here as you're handicapping these final two weeks, like. The players probably know some of these things, like the Sam Pittman thing at Arkansas. I mean, we've kind of all sort of seen that one coming. But some of these kids are just going to mail it in because they're going to be pissed off that coaches are going. They're going to be worrying about their future. They're going to be getting their affairs in order to transfer somewhere and get an NIL bag. So keep that in mind, too, You know, over these last two weeks of some of these coaching situations with dudes who are on very, very hot seats or guys that maybe you just think have a chance at getting shit canned. Like, it may happen, and those teams may play like that in these final two games. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the podcast. We'll be back on Thursday. Matt Humans and I breaking down the full Week 12 card with uh, with our best bets. Thankfully, a winning week for me last week. Humans keeps it rolling 18-9 and nine over the last three weeks. Follow Adam on social media, at Skating Tripods, and read all his work over at Vsin. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe. It really helps out the podcast. And uh, let's get ourselves back in those rankings. But until Thursday, see you, folks. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average. Plus, it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... 
Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.